This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. Good morning. My name is Sam Bulmer and I am one of the pastors here at LifeGate Church. I have a question for you today. What got you out of bed this morning? Now, I'm not talking about your alarm clock or maybe your spouse or a crying child or a barking dog that might have woken you up. What motivated you to get out of bed this morning? During the week, I watched some YouTube videos of this guy that went around the streets interviewing people around this question, asking what motivated you to get out of bed this morning? And here's some of the answers that he got. I wanted to go to the gym. I wanted breakfast. I needed to go to the toilet. Now, I can understand that one. I needed to care for children. I wanted to meet some good-looking girls. I want to make money so I can pursue my dreams. I want to make money so that I can care and look after for my family. I want to do something to help somebody else. I wanted to enjoy the day. And lastly, it's just what you do. I wonder how you would answer this question this morning. What motivated you to get out of bed today? It's an interesting question to think about, isn't it? The things that drive or motivate us to do something. Like what motivates a team of people to get to church an hour early to set up or to rehearse for worship? What drives or motivates a believer to live a life that reflects all the things that we learnt in Ephesians 4 and 5 over the last couple of weeks? And what drives or motivates a person to share their faith with somebody else? Now, there could be an array of answers to that question, and possibly you've experienced a whole heap of them. We could be motivated by obligation. We could be motivated by not wanting to let somebody down. We could also be motivated by the fact that we understand that it's a really good thing to serve others. If you're a part of the worship team, you could be motivated by passion for music or wanting to engage and play music with other musicians. We could be driven by wanting to do the right thing and be an example of a Christian to those around us. We could be motivated by what the Bible says about sharing our faith with others and that if we don't, loved ones, family and friends may be going to spend eternity separated for God, from God. And the list just goes on, doesn't it? There can be so many things that motivate and drive us to do something. Now, none of these things that I've said this morning so far are necessarily wrong responses, although I don't quite understand the wanting to meet good-looking girls. But I'm convinced that these things, if these are the only things that are motivating and driving us, that long-term we're going to come into trouble, that they're not going to keep us going for the long haul through all of the different seasons of life. You know, when I think 
about people from the Bible who lived a life with determination, with motivation and with drivenness. I can't really go past the Apostle Paul. Paul's life was far from cushy and comfortable. In 2 Corinthians 11, 24 to 28, we get a little insight into what Paul's life was like and the things that he endured throughout his life. Let's have a look at this passage. It says, Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled, and I have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all of the churches. Now, here's a guy who had more than his fair share of bad days. He was beaten. He was stoned. He was chased from town to town with enemies at every turn. He was imprisoned, he went without food, and he was shipwrecked, not once, not twice, but three times. So what is it that drove and motivated Paul to keep getting up in the morning, to continue to passionately preach, to continue to encourage the church by writing letters, which now make up a huge chunk of the New Testament? Well, I think the answer lies in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15. This is what it says. For Christ's love compels because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. Two things today that motivated Paul to keep getting up in the morning, the love of Christ and that the understanding that he wasn't living for himself. I want to dive in a little bit deeper to to these two things right now. The word compels is what's used in this passage. For Christ's love compels. The number one thing that is driving Paul, that is motivating Paul to keep going, even in the face of hardship, is the love of Christ. The Greek word here is the word saneko. It means to be hard-pressed from both directions or to be hemmed in in on every side. If you can picture that for a moment, someone who is pressed in, hard-pressed from every side, They can only go in one direction. They can only go straight. And this is how Paul describes the effect that the love of Christ has had on his life. It drove and it motivated everything that he did. One commentator said that Christ's love is a compulsive force in Paul's life. 
It's a power that effectively eradicates choice for him in that it leaves him no other option, no other option but to keep going and to live for Christ. Now we need to remember where Paul has come from. He wasn't always Paul. Before he was Paul, his name was Saul. And back then he was a Pharisee. Soon after Jesus' death and resurrection, we find him doing his best to try and eradicate Christianity, the young church. He was obviously convinced that Christianity was a heresy and that Jesus was a fraud. And we know that Saul killed many Christians. But then he has this radical encounter with Jesus. He meets the living Christ on the Damascus Road and he becomes absolutely convinced that this is the long-awaited Messiah who the Jews had been waiting for. This Christian-killing Pharisee encounters the loving love of Christ in a way that is so amazing, is so powerful. He understands what he's been forgiven from and what his life could now look like. The love of Christ that was demonstrated through his death and his resurrection compels or drives Paul to no longer live for himself but to live for Christ. And for Paul, that equaled sharing the message of the gospel everywhere that he went. You know, Paul got it. Paul really, really got it. He got that Christ had died for his sins, that he deserved death and separation from God because of all that he had done. But Jesus became his representation in death. And that love that Christ showed him compelled, motivated, drove all that Paul did. You know, we also see Paul make this same point in Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The love of Christ and the understanding that he wasn't living for himself is what motivated and drove Paul to keep getting up every morning. So Paul was motivated, was driven by the love of Christ that he had understood and received in such a radical way. Paul was also motivated and driven by the fact that his life was no longer his own. I want to look at that a little bit deeper. He wasn't living for himself. He understood that when Christ died, he also died. And he used language to frame this. He says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. That's what we just read in Galatians 2.20. And in 2 Corinthians 5.14, he says, one died for all and therefore all died. And he goes on to say in verse 15, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him. Paul understood that his old life had been crucified with Christ. 
He no longer lived for himself. He no longer lived for his own wants, his own will, his own desire. He was living for Christ. And here's where I want to add just another little sub point to this section because I think it's really important what Paul goes on to say. Not only was he living for Christ, but Christ was living in him. Paul had come alive in ways that he'd never experienced before. Now that Christ was living in him. It is a life that is so different, is so radical that the Greek actually came up with a new word for it to describe it. It's the word zoe, which means eternal, vibrant, abundant life. That was the life that was now living in and through Paul, motivating him to keep going. That's what motivated Paul to keep getting up in the morning. So what motivates you to get up in the morning? What motivated you to tune in to online church today? What motivates you to share your faith? As I said, there are a lot of really good things that can motivate us, but I want to suggest that if they are the only things that motivate us, then we're going to be in trouble on the long haul. When the thing that is driving us is something outside of the love of Christ and a desire to live for him, eventually serving will become a chore. And when we begin to, when it becomes a chore, we can begin to resent it. We might find ourselves getting bitter, negative or pulling out of our commitments. When the thing driving us is something outside of the love of Christ and a desire to live for him, then the daily grind gets harder and harder, doesn't it? Things come against us when challenges and difficulty come against us. It just gets harder and harder and often that can lead to burnout. When the thing that is driving us is something that is outside of the love of Christ and a desire to live for him, then sharing our faith can become a burden and it can actually be something that we forget about. It's only the love of Christ and living a life for Christ that will keep us going for the long haul and will guarantee that you're still here faithfully serving him in 5, 10, 20, 50 years' time, depending on how old you are. Paul was so impacted by Christ's love for him that he was able to withstand a whole heap of crazy, wild things for the love of Christ, which was demonstrated by his death and resurrection, fueled and empowered Paul. And it can do the same for you. It is transformational. It sustains us in a way that nothing else can. So where are you at today, church? Are you living each day motivated by the love of Christ, empowered and fueled by all that he's done and choosing to not live for yourself but to live for him? If so, keep it up. It really is the only thing that will sustain you long term and keep you pressing forward. But 
if that doesn't describe where you're at today, I'd love us to spend some time right now just positioning ourselves once again to be undone by the message of the gospel, just like Paul was on the Damascus Road. Ask God right now in this moment to let the message of the gospel, the message of all that he has done, to grip your heart again. I want to invite you to close your eyes. Let me remind you again of the wonder of the mystery of the gospel. Jesus, I pray that you would be in this moment. I pray for each person who's listening to the sound of my voice right now, that your Holy Spirit would grip their heart, that they would be reminded again of who you are and of what you've done. The Son of God, fully equal with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. He was fully entitled to remain in the bliss and the majesty of heaven. He left the worship of the angels. He left the face-to-face fellowship with God the Father and he became a man. The infinite one confined himself to the space of a human body. And then after a perfect life of honouring his father and teaching others the way of the kingdom, he was put to death. And not just death, but a humiliating death on a cross. And in doing so, he took upon himself the punishment that each of us deserved. He experienced the alienation and abandonment of his father that belonged to you and to me. But he didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave, conquering death and making a way for us to be in right relationship with God the Father. And when we confess Christ to be our Lord and turn back to him, seeking his forgiveness, and when we put our faith In him, we receive the benefit of all that he has done on the cross. We are given a new identity, a new purpose in life, a vibrant, abundant life, both now and forever. Church, when the reality of this, when the reality of this truth, the love of Christ that was demonstrated through that divine action, when that becomes the driving force of our lives, the thing that compels us, the thing that motivates us, it will transform our whole life. It transforms our actions, our thoughts, our time, our relationship. It motivates us. It drives us to keep going even in the face of adversity. It transforms the way we live. Maybe you're listening today. And you haven't yet made a decision to follow Jesus. You've just heard me share all that Jesus did. And I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that message today. You see, it's up to us to make a choice to believe, to believe what Jesus did and then to choose to follow him. So if you would like to make that choice today, if you would like to make a decision to become a follower of Jesus, I would love to just lead you in a simple prayer. 
You can repeat this after me. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died and he rose again. God, I'm sorry for living my life apart from you. Please forgive me. Today I choose to become a Christian, a follower of Jesus all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, then we would love to get alongside you and support you on the journey. So let me encourage you to to press the, the prayer button down the bottom and someone would love to connect with you today and help you get started on that journey. As I close today, I believe that God really wants to bring us back to our Damascus Road moment. If you're a believer today, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to re-spark, regenerate that first moment where you realised the incredible love of Christ. So why don't you take a couple of moments to just sit with the Lord today. We have a team that are online right now who would love to pray with you who would love to encourage you, who would love to ask for the Holy Spirit to come and to pray with, to to ignite that love of Christ in your heart again. Because it really is life transforming. It really is the thing that's going to sustain us long term. So if you would like prayer today, click on the button down the bottom and one of our hosts would love to pray with you. Otherwise, be blessed. Go knowing that you are loved, adored and cherished by your Heavenly Father. Have a wonderful week. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers.